Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Tottenham finished second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. Okay, it has been a sensational week so far in Galway. Uh, Some of the Galway footballers licking their wounds and having the crack, basically. It's a a good way to recover, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, was words. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I think Porrick Joyce tipped the lads a winner on the Monday to kind of get over there. Porrick's... um, They've long standing. I think Porrick was involved in the horse with Joanna Morgan back in the day. And uh, I have to say, um, I think Galway have just behaved so well uh, throughout this whole thing in terms of the relatively kind of um, friendly access people had in the media to them beforehand. They weren't all this. And then afterwards, there was a nice homecoming. And, you know, history is written by the winners, but Galway played their part in a great final. And uh, I think the county was really proud of them. And uh, <laughs> they had the races to forget about all their woes, which um, was probably not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, at some point they are going to win in All Ireland. You would think. Hopefully and so. Yeah. That week afterwards of the Galway races, assuming the All Ireland stays where it is, and um, it is mad the timing. Like, yeah, it, it is. It will be a good week. I, I, like, I, I think quite a few of the. We obviously uh, know that James Scale was involved in the Cheltenham winner. I think quite a few of the footballers have an interest in horses as well, so they were quickly able to take their mind off the Kerry game. All right, well, one of the stories of the week was Magic Chigega on Tuesday at the Galway Festival winning the uh, Colum Quinn BMW Mile Handicap, and I'm delighted to say the trainer, Brian Duffy, is with us to talk to us about this. Brian, uh, whatever kind of week the Kerry footballers had, you must have had something similar. Yeah, not too far off it, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit... Well, they suppose they usually expect to win in Ireland but I didn't really expect it so so maybe that's the difference but it was it was unbelievable yeah uh, we'll get to we'll get to how you got the horse and, and how you got the horse fit and all that kind of stuff later on but just the day itself seems to be a fairly remarkable thing start start at the start and don't leave anything out what happened? oh yeah well we we set off from trim here about we said we'd be good and early but um, we had the second runner we had in the night man four she she can be quite cantankerous in the box. Like she always has to try and have a go at whatever's beside her when you've traveled her with two. So um, we usually travel her with two, and, but we're not going too far, you know. We're going to be going a few miles. So we said just for going the long haul to Galway, we didn't want either of them to get really worked up. So we said we'd get two boxes and bring them down separately. we just go in tandem, like go as a little convoy. So uh, we were doing that, and we got the other side of Kinney Cad and I was following my dad and he was in another Jeep and uh, I saw the turn off for the Galway M6 or I think it was an M6 and uh, I saw him heading for Milltown Pass and I was like, what is going on here? So pulled in anyway and he said that this thing was, the, the Jeep he was riding was overheating, the coolant was flying out of it. So he says, he lucky enough he had a bit on him so he uh, kept some in the back. He put it into it and we only had a few miles. He says, no, this is, the light isn't going off. So says we may put these two together we have no other choice so instead of tra- traveling with a partition he had to travel them with no partition so it was a uh, it was a bit hairy for a few minutes but uh, we stopped into we just pulled into a car park it turned out to be the church car park in Milltown Pass and I thought it was Rochford Bridge but it was Milltown Pass and uh, we pulled the two of them out of the box and we walked around the car park for a few minutes and then we said said a prayer that they don't kick the living daylights out of each other going to Galway so we put them back in and we got there in one piece anyway 
that's the main thing. So that's the bit there where you take them out and actually walk them around the car park to kind of remind each other that they know each other and they're going to be grand. Is that was that what it was like? Yeah, well, pretty much. They were we kind of stopped and started with the, the cars, you know, checking one and making sure it was okay. So by the time we'd stopped, we'd stopped about three times in the space of I'd say about ten k from the time we hit the roundabout to get into Milltown Pass. So when they when they're not moving as much, they kind of get worked up. So by the time we'd stopped, they were fairly. They were fairly wound up, so we says, listen, just take them out and walk them out for a minute. So we were walking them around the car park there, and, uh, and there was, wasn't a whole lot, many people around. It was nice and calm, so they did a couple of laps to the Milltown, Milltown Pass, uh, <laughs> uh, George Car Park. The one that was uh, out the back of the, out of the parochial house was cleaning up. I said she was looking going, what is going on here? I'd say you're lucky yeah. there weren't that many people. If you can imagine all the people passing by with all yeah, these horses, <laughs> with horses and these shady looking characters in a car park, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you got right. a bit of divine intervention anyway. Huh? You got a bit of divine intervention anyway. You go to yeah, a church that car was park. It. I said, I just said a prayer that please God don't just please not kick the living daylights out of each other. So they didn't anyway. We got going. And- got there in one piece that was the main thing so okay so they get there and, and I, maybe you're a little bit later but yeah, it sounds like you'd given yourselves plenty of time um, what kind of time of the day is this this is Tuesday mid-afternoon by the time Tuesday, you get there yeah I'd say we left about <clears throat> I'd say we left about <clears throat> nearly half twelve so we give ourselves plenty of time because don't like driving them fast like um, well not that anyone does but we said we give ourselves plenty of time and uh I'd say it was nearly an hour or 10 minutes we were on the other side of Kenny Gad. I'd say if you're doing it in your own car, it only take a half an hour. So it's like, God, oh, Jesus. But, but once we get onto the motorway, it sure is plain sailing then. So it's good. So you arrive, you're all sweaty, thinking, Jesus, we've blown our chances here because they're going to be worked up. And then you have to calm them back down again. But at that point, were you actually thinking, okay, well, the worst that's happened has happened. Anything from here is a bonus. Yeah, well, listen, we were we just got it out of the way. I was wasn't even thinking anything in that kind of regard. It was like just got to the car park and God was like, That's grand, both of them are okay. It's the main thing. Got them in and got them settled in and once they're once the, the two of them are actually they're quite good once they get into boxes and that they usually settle down. So there was there was no problem really that way. One like man four, the other Philly cheese, a little bit kinda of more on the buzzier side she just wants to get on with things so she just um we just gave her a little bit of a wash down and put her back in but the other one was just in there 10 minutes and she was perfect so right so so okay. uh magic chigag is a calm enough filly and which of them was due to run first uh magic chigaga right. was um uh, due to run first, so she, she was running the what was the, I suppose the Colin Quinn BMW uh Galway Mile. And I guess the whole point is here for such a small operation, you actually fancy the horse in the one of the big races of the week in Galway, yeah. I suppose so. I like building up to it. We were like, uh, Jesus, we think I don't, we were looking through the farm and says, she's, You know, she's not out of place anyway, you know, she she deserves to take her chance. And, and I don't think there's a whole lot of them that would be. Will are able to give her much weight, like because she's a great cruising speed, and that and that's the way we were thinking. But closer to the time, we were like, "Oh, Jesus, I don't know about the ground, and I don't know about this." We kind of nearly talked ourselves out of it by the time we got to it. But but um, yeah, lucky it all worked out. And, yeah. it, it was it was a mad race as well because um, you know, like Edo McGuinness, I think we've had him on the show, maybe probably had him on as much as anyone. But he um, he's 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 obviously gotten a lot of these kind of classy 
milers for races like this. Um, mm. But it got to the stage. Then, obviously, where Edo had, so was there 18 declared? Edo had eight of the runners. So it was almost like Edo was able, with his own owners, to run the race kind of to suit the battalion that he had. And you were sort of somewhere in the middle of the rest of them. Yeah, essentially, and Edo's a top man and mm. he's farmed that race the last couple of years. And him and Stephen, they're, they're serious operators to pick out the horses to do it themselves. Like they do it every year. But we kind of kind of had a feeling going out that that Spanish tenor would go on and make it a good out clip, which he did. Like, And I know it probably would have suited Edo's as well, but we knew it would suit her too. Um, so we were delighted about that because she's very high cruising speed. And it's just uh, from Colin Ryden or Limerick and that, he, he said that when you drop her down, you think she's going to find loads, but she just keeps keeps the one bat up the whole way. Like, you know, she doesn't really pick up, so she just has a high cruising speed. So once they went off like that, we were we were happy enough that it suited us as well as Ada, but we just weren't sure if she would be up to the horses he had in it. But luckily enough, she was. Because uh, from my recollection of the race, um Magic was the horse you wanted to be on turning in when the first two had gone so far ahead. It was like, well, these aren't going to stay here. It was kind of like a sprint almost in cycling. But then were you worried coming up the hill? Because like there was, there was a battalion of horses who were coming off the pace as well. Sorry, I just you broke up there. Sorry. Were you worried then just coming up the hill because there were a battalion of horses coming from behind that, like, I suppose the baton was nearly being passed on the way the race uh, panned out. Were you worried, like, is she going to find enough here? Because I guess... Colin Keane is rarely in the wrong place, but he could, this was a race where he was 100% in the right place. Yeah, he was. He was 100% in the right place. It's just, it, we were we were a bit apprehensive about the draw um, going into it, but the way it panned out, it was the place to be, you know. But um, she, uh, yeah, like when, I'd say between the, about two and a half furlongs down, I could see him, he just made a move, and then in five strides, she got the run on the rest of them. You could see the other two were going to come back, and, Luckily, she just stuck out, came out of trouble. But she, we were, I was just hoping that the momentum she built or Colin got rolling, that she'd just be able to roll out to the line and keep it going, you know. Because even at home, and that, like, when she gets to the front, she does absolutely nothing. So, um, <laughs> like, that's just the way she is. Like, and he just galvanized her and kept her going. And it was that kind of aggressive ride, I really feel suits suits her mm. you know so uh, well, we should talk I was, about I was wincing I found it hard to even watch it when we were on the big screen I was kind of pacing around but just for the last half furlong I, I was like God please hold on it- Thank God she did. It, it, it's, it's mad the thought process that go through your head when you're involved in a horse like that in a big race because you know history is written by the winners yeah yeah it's just um, it was just a surreal feeling really because like there was a fair buzz there in the parade ring and that and it's I suppose I've never really been in that position I've always only been looking in so to actually be part of it I was honestly sick to my stomach now to be honest with you so when it actually happened I was I'm sure all them other top lads are gay the one that they're used to that kind of thing but I was just in a daze really I can't believe it You, you talked about the importance of the ride that Colin Keane gave her how did you end up getting Colin Keane on on the horse? Well to be honest um, Ushin. Uh, last year when she was with Tom Gibney, um, Ushin Orr had ridden her for him and he'd ridden her her main winner when she was with Mr. Weld. And uh, <clears throat> he rode her first time out this year and then she, we just said we'd try and not change anything. But he got the job to go to Richard Fahia's, um his jockey. So 
So try well I I've, I've always with any of my runners I've always tried to get Colin first. It's very hard to get him, but we uh we um we got him anyway in Limerick and lucky enough he had made an association with her there, so it was uh it was it was great. And she ran in the she ran Derby weekend and after and he had to ride one for his boss man, uh, Mr. Lyons. So uh it was great to just get him back on board for her. So that's really how it came across. Came, about, he's a family friend, I think. Is he? You, you obviously know him a while. Yeah, back. yeah. They'd be, they'd be neighbours. I, I wouldn't say, oh, geez, I know Colin really well or be best buddies with him, but I know him. Like say hello and everything. And himself and his uh, his dad and my dad had grown up together, and like we would always had horses with Jerry, and Jerry's a top man. And like uh, talk about trainers, we had. I think we've had, we've sent four down to Colin's father, Jerry, and did a hundred percent strike rate. They all won so be fairly close they're like only uh, maybe two kilometers away from each other so right ah, that's brilliant but, uh, and an amazing yeah. local story so come here tell us you, you mentioned there the two previous trainers who had the horse how did you end up getting magic chigaga what's the story behind that yeah i um i bought her for the guys last um february 21 and uh i didn't have a license at the time and i was kind of him and a whether i do it or not but um they sent her to Tom Gibney and he had her last year, but we did about a month, month or five weeks kind of pre-training her when she came from Mygler to here. We brought her here first and we tipped about, tipped about with her and then she went to Tom and, and uh, the same thing this year. We just, um, we were pre-training her there in the spring and just the owners were very grateful to them. They decided just to, to keep her here and let us have a go with her. So that was really how it came about. But I have to give them um, special mention to Tom Gibney and his wife Heidi and all her team because like last year when she went to Tom she wasn't exactly 100% right I, there was doubts in my mind whether she'd even make the track or not and um, she was fairly sore for a good while so he did a really really top job to, to get her to the track at all and then to win with her and the way she ran for him like it was a fair performance so you have to get mentioned for that for sure. Yeah, one, one cool is running in the big race tonight and we had the connections on when they had the treble, uh, I think it's three years ago now, and yeah. they, they talked to they talked to us, uh, Brian, about the, the that horse had a lot of problems and, you know, sometimes you look at a horse and you think he's soft or he's a bridal horse or, like, an awful lot of these horses, people have no idea that they're athletes, they're animals and they have they have their complexities as well and an awful lot of work goes in behind the scenes. Oh, completely, yeah. That's the truth. Like, um, people work so hard to get them right, and they try everything they can, like massage therapists, and you know, you name it, swimming pools, and a lot of horses can carry a little, a few niggles. But it's like any player, I suppose. If you looked at a rugby player and said he had a bad day or a bad day at the office, you wouldn't really know how he got a massive slap in training or was carrying an injury. You can't really know to the eye, you know. So it's like it's like anything. You try your best to keep them, get them a hundred percent. That's um, I suppose that's what everyone's aiming for. But um, she that filly last year, she after the, she was finished last season, she got a break out in a farm the other side of a boy, and uh, crowned her. She came in just after getting a proper couple of months break over the winter. She was a different filly coming in, and once we clipped her there in the spring and started um, just cantering away, she literally just started blooming. Mm. Like, like she was nearly when we clipped her out. Uh, she was nearly had her summer cold back by the time oh, she was six weeks ahead of the rest of them. She was just 
you know, something. She just, and, and a lot of horses, I suppose, people can make opinions of them and that, but a lot of them can be slow maturing horses. Like, you know, a lot of big horses, they can just take time to really fill the frame, like, you know, so how she's definitely she? one of them. How old is she? She's five now. Right. But um, she's she's a big unit, like, you know. Um, Seems to be peaking at five. Yeah, yeah, she is. And, like, she's old school Moigler pedigree, like, if you look back at any of their top horses or their old breeding from Mr. Hafner cultivated over the decades, like whether they were sprinters or stayers or middle distance horses, they were always slow maturing, like, you know, they'd get better as they got older. So I suppose it's a, it's a nice thing to be able to, nice, it's, it's nice to have horses like that that do improve with age, you know. So. I suppose when, when she was with Dermot Wells, she was just another horse and to you, she's everything. Well, I suppose that's it too, yeah, but... I just think um, maybe when she was with Mr. Well that she was probably just on the weak side, I'd mm. say myself. Ju- judging by the way she is now, like I'd say she was she was just a I'd say very immature, even though people think like a lot of flat biddies are maybe at their best at three, like which majority there is a lot of them that are, but some of them at three they can be just as weak as, as a two year old, you know. And I really feel she was just probably one that that um applied to. So like this year, she like she's as big she's as big as any chaser that you'd see in Garden Elliot's or Willie Mullins. Wow. It's a big unit, right? So, so plenty more to come then, is by the sounds of it. I'll, hopefully, we all live in hope anyway. I won't speak too soon, but sure. Listen, she's done. She's done the job for us anyway. So I suppose she, the, the beauty of Galway as well is like you could you could go into the keys or the hole in the wall bar uh, the night of the race and nobody'd recognise you. Yeah, that's you, the truth. Well, they won't, definitely won't recognise me anyway. Yeah, well, I hope uh, I'm not with the horse now, even in Galway, by Galway standards. But that's the beauty of Galway that even I have to say, Tudor City win again. I remember that horse win as a three year old, win again in Galway seven years later for Tony Martin's had a quite enough few years. And yourself, yeah. like, I just think that that is Galway still holding on to that romanticism that maybe is kind of getting lost in the commercialism of racing. Yeah, I suppose it, it does. I suppose that everyone kind of likes a story like that, I suppose. Kind of underdog and taking on the big shots and the whole lot. But well, you, said, you said earlier you weren't sure that you were going to go training. You've got a, a conditional licence, a provisional, what, what's the... Provisional licence, yeah. yeah. You have a, I have a provisional, uh, well, a restricted licence I'm uh, allowed to train for for, uh, for the flat. I don't have uh, the dual licence, but just for, for the flat. And I don't, I actually... It was a kind of drawn out kind of um, sequence of events. I I done the the written examination and your uh, kind of practical in race. I think it was two thousand and seventeen, maybe. And uh, then there was to go on and do the actual course that same year. And I says, "Oh no, I leave, leave." So what's the point? And then I was actually myself and my wife at the time. A year later, in two thousand and eighteen, we were renting on the Curra, a little yard, and that said so we might try and get something going. And uh, the course came up again, and I says, "I'll do, I'll do the, I'll do the, the three-week trainers course just to have it done." Now I'm so close; like it was only a couple of kilometers away from race, so I did it anyway. And then I didn't bother going again to licensing committee because I was like, uh, "Oh no, it's not the right time." So then I ended up doing it in 2021. So it was a, it's a drawn-out kind of thing, but I suppose. Um, because I was, I was something I wanted to do, I suppose, trying to find the right time and the right kind of situation. 
The, the only three-week course I can think of off the top of my head is when Homer got the job of being the monorail conductor at uh, the extensive <laughs> three-week course. But I, I imagine that concludes our extensive three-week course. I presume uh, this is a bit more extensive than that. Yes, it is, yeah. It's 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 three weeks of... Um, oh, yeah, there's, they're, they're long days and, like, and you have to pack a lot into it and all different sorts of... You know, you have the handicappers in and um, then accountants and, you know what I mean, insurance guys and vets and trainers and the whole lot. You're just trying to get it. It's a good course, to be fair, to mm. if you're if you're actually into horses at all. It's that's a very, very informative and very broad kind of spectrum course. It's it good to do, like, you know what I mean? It opened up my eyes. But I think the most thing that opened up my eyes the most was that we have to do a business plan and that, you know, like the business plan had to be completed to to go and get your license from the licensing committee after so and he was like the guy that did it with us he was like put down everything that you like literally to the cent what you think it'll cost you you know so when i did that and i was renting on the car i was like it's gonna cost me about 50 grand to train four horses so I was like, that's not gonna work so so uh it was it was supposed to, it really they really they're not trying to lead you down a path. They're really trying to open your eyes to things and that sort of it's a, It was a great course to do. Now that you've won this race, are you more tempted to try and have another go at going full-time? Because I, 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 as far as I know, you've got a day job as well as this. So this is definitely uh, it's a thing you love to do at the moment. And I presume you'd love to do more of it. Uh, you would, yeah, yeah. Like I would. You kind of have... It's kind of um, half and half. Like you'd be a little bit apprehensive to give it a full whack is like I do have a really nice I have a nice job and I really do enjoy it and it's it's nice to have the couple here and do them and enjoy them whether I know it's kind of a case of the grass is always greener I think the thoughts of going training are you know what I mean they would kind of get you excited but then the reality of it um, it really I really feel like I'd really need to be properly set up before I really really uh, had it What's what's your day job, Brian? Did you say sorry? Um, yeah, I work. Well, I worked with horses pretty much all my life, and during COVID, I took parental leave. I had a young son born, and um, uh, I just more like the monorail thing you're talking about. I did a week course at Customs Clearance, <laughs> single chamber of commerce, and I uh, I um, applied for a few jobs, um, and I got a job with a big international um, logistics company they're freight forwarders and that doing customs clearance so I do that online and work from home most days so it really suits because get the horses um, finished in the mornings and then I tip up to the little office here and tip away at the day day job I'd say stick to the day job and uh, marry the two of them I bet you if you asked 100 trainers 99 of them would say the same thing as well (laughs) yeah that's the truth so um yeah, no, it, it just works out the way the way things are now. It's it works out perfectly. As in, I get we only have a couple of horses there, and we get them done early in the morning and get mm, them yeah, them all just, done. And the, then, logi- you know, the logistics so. of training and the stresses of owners and all that like it's, it's no tricky. It no is joke. Like and it, it, across all of them. you can be extremely talented at. Uh, at it, like and anyone would say, geez, definitely give it a go. But like there are pitfalls to it, obviously. Oh yeah, there there is like and. It's you have to be re- realistic about it. it. Is it's super sport, and I admire all them trainers that the way they they make a make a go of it, and make a living. Like I think the the Irish, the quality of Irish 
trainers is I really feel like it's second to none. I really do. Like I think a lot of people around the world if they came here but they'd find it fairly hard where like it's it's very competitive and they're all really top operators and um I do admire them for making the living that they are out of it, but um, I just don't think I'd be I'd be really set up to do something like that. That's fair enough. Uh, in terms I, I'd love to, but um, mm. I'd have to upgrade my facilities and everything. Like um, like like I was saying, Jerry Jerry Kane, our neighbour, he's he's like he's such a decent decent man, and it's like he trained horses first and won with them all, and then when he went, they had. The license last year, like we use his gallop every day, and he's so accommodating to let us use it. And that. I suppose if he didn't, we'd be we'd be nowhere. So I really, really thank him. Your Tom Gibney and Jerry Keane would be two of the gentlemen of the game, anyway. So to have them near you, but uh, like logistically, how many horses do you need to train to make it commercially viable? I won't. I wouldn't. I've, it all depends if you get paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> If you get paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose, uh, like, I suppose wages and everything. I suppose, like, the real template is the likes of the Jarlines or the Joseph O'Briens that are, like, banging in two euros, three euros, stake spinners every every day of the week. But yeah. you're literally dealing with, so, like, th- they're probably two of the best trainers in the world, not to mind Ireland. And yeah, you're like, exactly, So yeah. that's a template, but, like, it's, it's, it's ambitious, obviously. It is, but I feel that, like, if you really, like, I, I feel like, like Stuart Lines, he spent a lot of years working his backside off to get there, you know. And I just feel that like the more the more horses you probably have that are of better quality, you know what I mean. You probably get nicer horses and owners that would be definitely no problem paying bills, and then you can hire the hire the staff and keep it all rolling. But I suppose if you if you went all in and had a bad year or two, sure. Could be curtains, you know what yeah. I mean? And then you have it if ah, people yeah. employed and you try and keep it going. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'd be be very apprehensive. In time, don't get me wrong, I would like to have a go at it, but there's a lot to weigh up for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, we, and everybody we had in had talked about that that you actually need to be a businessman, you need to be a horse whisperer, you need to be yeah. really good at picking which races your your horse is going to be fit for when others might not be. And it's um, dealing with owners as well, Jerry, like that yeah. it is because, and also on the days of WhatsApp, like every part owner is an owner and anyone can text you, and you have a lot to deal with, like thousands of you basically yeah. is, is the yeah. of me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as you've been a part I, owner many times. I can only worst, imagine what it would have been like. I actually wouldn't be the worst owner at all, but I, I do feel that. Uh, the thing for me is, if I were doing it, what I would struggle most with is coming into the parade ring and not knowing why a horse ran shite, but trying to explain it to an owner who you've already told for the last year and a half this horse is well up to win the race, but for whatever reason the horse keeps disappointing. And without bluffing them, just coming up with something and saying, being honest enough to say, I don't, I actually don't know. Yeah. yeah, we've tried everything. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you put in twenty grand into this horse. Yeah, and and then you have a horse who breaks his leg or whatever. So it's it's complex. I know, like. totally. Yeah. yeah, well, you're dealing with humans as, as well as horses. Mm. Um, at least the horses can't talk back. Brian, what is going to happen next? With with like, what's the plan for the rest of the year? Do you have? Will you come back next year for this same race, or what do you think? Um, I'm not sure to be honest, Jed. I'm. I suppose I have to give a special mention to the guys that owner. You talk about owners; they're the easiest bunch to deal with. To be honest, Jed, they never. It never, um, never hassled me at all, to be fair to them. But I was very actually, to be honest, with you, I'm talking to you now about winning a Gaga Mile, but I was apprehensive enough about going for it. I didn't think she'd really handle the track, and I wasn't sure about it. But um, 
the owners are fairly keen to go and I suppose if they weren't that keen to go, it wouldn't have happened. I was looking at a, a Phillies handicap, maybe the 17th on Oaks Day, I thought it would have been a nice target. and It just didn't happen. She got a little bang on the leg, so she didn't make it. But the lads are fairly keen to go to Galway. So Sasha will turn up anyway, but they were vindicated in their belief anyway. So I have to give them a good mention too, because they were they were fairly keen to have a go now. So that was that was their, that was the plan anyway. So we, we had a go at it, but... Um, I'm not too sure about next year with her, um, to be honest with you. Like, who knows what the future holds, but are there any... I don't mind having a, having a go with a stakes race with mm. her, I think, as she's, like, she is very well-bred, like, coming from my girl and that. And, yeah. You know, she is five. It's not like she's getting any any younger, so... Go for it now, that, basically. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I won't mind. I think she's earned... I think she's earned her, her right to have a go one, if you know what I mean. She's... She's gone through the handicap system and won a big pot. And I just think, um, because as mayor with a big nice pedigree, I think I'd like to get try and get a bit of black type with her. Whether she's up to it or not, time will tell. But I, I, th- I think she deserves to take her chance in it anyway. Is the black type the thing that will dictate whether or not uh, people want to come and cover the mayor? Is that like it would need yeah. to? Yeah. Well, or does winning something like this actually have an impact? Black type is the most. I think it's the most anachronistic thing in, in racing if not sport in general but it obviously still matters Brian yeah it does like um, there's so many there's been plenty of mayors over the years that were hard knocking handicappers and they'd be twice the brood mayor of a filly that run a couple of times and maybe got placed in a listed race you mm-hmm. know what I mean it's it's not to be all and end all I just um, I suppose it's it's like um, just as regards her profile and maybe her her market value like I think everyone knows now she's a good filly but I, that's I feel that like um, if she was anyway capable of getting a bit of black type I think it'd just be the transformative on the cake you yeah. know what I mean would, yeah. the, would the owners let you breed off her potentially with a view to this being the foundation of the Duff, the Duffy operation going forward be it a restricted license or not yeah well no they're, that's that's their mayor and they're more entitled to do whatever they want with her but we were Myself and my dad, we were lucky enough. Um, a few years ago, we bought we bought a mare um, cheap enough, and it was actually the first mare we bought together. And uh, the first fall we pulled over, won a classic, and was ended up rated one hundred and twenty. So who that? We did. Huh? Who was that? That was um, a pretty called Jet Setting. Um, she won the oh, Guinness yeah. Ring Keith. So. so you won the dam. Yeah, yeah. Man Ford actually ran the second filly as a full sister to her. That's and, right. So we have her and her sister. So we were hoping to. Um, keep that lineage going ourselves so um so you have place. you still have the dam of jet setting and man four then and her half sister is it um no unfortunately we don't have the dam anymore she she passed away in uh, 2018 so she died of a colic which is was goat wrenching but um no we still have the daughters of out of her anyway so. you have jet setting is it no 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 um <laughs> just have her, uh, two sisters to her Oh, that's all right. Yeah, there's always a story. There's oh, always, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. always a story. Yeah. Oh, it's endless. It's great stuff. Uh, Brian, congratulations. It is a brilliant story. Like, you know, um, big race weeks like this, we can get on the famous owners and trainers or we can get on the people with the great stories to tell who actually keep the whole thing going and show up and suffer those heartbreaks of horses dying of colic and, and keep going, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. we got through that, we got through anyway. I just texted Colin Keane there. He's mad keen to listen in, but um, just a, a word on him. Uh, 
<laughs> like just a jockey who just this was a complex complex race it's it's hard to overstate how it was it looked like a 3 mile chase after 3 furlongs yeah. they were so strung out and you can be and like a lot of uh, jockeys on the ditches they say like will be will they be given out about the horse that's in front they'll be given out with the horse who's far too far back and you can't win but Colin did yeah, Colin did, but sure, listen, when he came in, I wasn't going to give him any instructions. He's he's world class. So I just said, whatever you think is best. And sure, uh, we kind of had an idea of what would be ideal and just to watch it pan out the way it was. And he like rode it ideally, if you know what I mean. Like it just couldn't have went any better. So listen, he, there's enough people lauding superlatives on him. I couldn't laud any more on him, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's a top, top, top man, you know what I mean? But He's 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 uh, everyone around this local area. You know, we all cheer him on, like you know what I mean. So I don't know uh, if you know uh, Tim Clancy as well. He's a local trim as well, guiding St Pat's to uh, victory in Europe last night. So it's been a good yeah, few. Tim Clancy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, uh, Tim is a uh, he runs an exercise class up there in Summerhill for a few lads. I went up to it and nearly killed me. So I know Tim, all right. <laughs> I'm not sure if Tim actually went to his own exercise class looking at him of late, but uh, he's in good shape today mentally. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think he's top, top man. Well, congratulations. Thanks a million for joining us today. It's a great story. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. No worries. Best of luck with that. Uh, this is right. Friday Night Racing and Off the Ball, brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie or follow the Twitter account at hri racing, and the hashtag is every racing moment. That's why Galway has the power that it has. I think it has a load of those stories every year. It's like yeah, it's mad stuff. And then I did, like I didn't even know that they like the the story of jet setting was totally mad. Adrian Keatley to the winner of a classic in Ireland when and jet setting was I, I mean I can't remember. I think she was a big prize today, which turned out to be very good. But then you know him and his dad just happened to and um, basically breed her and then have the half the full sister in Man Four who herself then would be quite valuable as a broodmare and like you know he started training with a couple of horses effectively two years ago and that's the thing about Galway Jerry you can go in and win the big race and there are more people more people will know about that now than would know about winning a classic uh, sometimes because Galway you know I, I think racing in Ireland it's, is very reliant on stories like that it's reliant on the old uh, relationship that the farmer had with the horse where the you know horses were your machinery basically back in the day and we were natural horse people I think we still are and uh, I, I think his story people can relate to that a lot more than one guy winning all the races we'll say yeah for sure we're going to take a quick break plenty more to talk about stay tuned Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie Right, Friday Night Racing is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie and the hashtag is every racing moment. There's nothing in Longchamp, is there, for that horse that we've just been talking about? Yeah, it's possibly, yeah. Well, handicaps, don't they? Yeah, well, like, um, just looking at now what, what her rating would be. She's not a million miles off getting black type, and she she uh, she could definitely pitch up at Irish Champions Weekend, if not Longchamp, but um, no, she would be quite valuable now, and... Uh, it's interesting. I mean, she won off eighty-seven, and the way the way Brian was talking, she has more progress in her. If she does, she could easily run to around a hundred. So she's in the category of Group Three anyway. Um, like the median average for the Irish Oaks this year, apart from the winner, was one hundred and three. Um, so that's the, that's a classic. So she's not a million miles off. It's not avaricious anyway. I think, and you know what she had seventeen starts and. It's 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 a good story as well. I wouldn't speak that much about it, but getting a horse from another trainer is quite interesting because like some horses just take 
some horses do better for a small trainer because maybe they think, you know, oh, like they get a little bit more attention for the little nitty gritty. That's a bit simplistic, but some people would argue that. Exterma Weld, one of the greatest trainers um, we've had, um, but obviously is reaching her peak now. Um, that timing thing is also yeah, very important. And yeah. um, the, the late bloomers of Irish sport. The late bloomers of Irish sport, yeah. And um, I mean, look at the likes of Paul Conroy coming off on Sunday and you're like, can you give it another go? Um, you know, you've had a lot of injuries, but you're reaching I think your... he got injured. I think he got injured when he uh, kicked Stephen O'Brien up the ass. <laughs> and that actually damaged his <laughs> knee. And he was but in pain as a result of that. And I think it had an impact. Late bloomers, though. It's an, it's an interesting he's, one. He's not a late bloomer. Though. He's like just old. Paul Conroy. That's well, yeah. he's he's kind of, I, I guess he's peaked sort of late in his life because our, the Galway team have peaked maybe. Who are the late bloomers actually that come to mind? Uh, a lot of the footballers who go over and find it very difficult to settle in England and then in their mid to late 20s Wes always a late bloomer I suppose um, yeah totally I mean he might have been as good in Ireland young but just hadn't been different environment hadn't been discovered like uh, you know Keith Andrews would I think would say he was a bit of a late bloomer mm. um, like Andy Townsend was a late bloomer although obviously didn't grow up here but mm. uh, there's loads of those anyway totally John Hayes he had barely played rugby until he was like no? Uh, well, uh, Hashtag late bloomers. I mean, like 18, 19, playing and then getting straight in the Munster team and then playing, staying there for. He was 10 precocious. Years. <laughs> he wasn't a late bloomer at all. What are we talking about? Uh, Tote would like to congratulate all the winning connections of the 2022 Tote Galway Plate. That's uh, Hewick, and most especially trainer Shark Hanlon and jockey George Gainford. They delivered a very memorable winner at Ballybrit on Wednesday, and you can visit Tote's social channels, Twitter and Instagram, for interviews with the winning jockey and trainer. You can also visit tote.ie for a free daily tote jackpot bet on the Galway races. Talk to us about um, Shark Hanlon winning the Galway plate this, this year, this week. Yeah, um, I was trying to think of the name of the mare that they bought uh, for 800 quid and we had the owners on, Roscommon owners. Um, there'll be people on the YouTube channel who'll remember this. My, my, uh, my name recollection is poor. That was a bit mad because she'd run three times and run well in bumpers for Willie Mullins. Um, but this horse was bought very early in his life for 800 quid and whether you like it or not I mean you see in Britain now like the, the horse uh, population is clearly rapidly declining because of the economics of it it's 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 hard to justify having a horse in training because of the price so the actual value of a horse early in his life who's not going to run for three or four years you can imagine that he's not really worth much because you're going to have to put so much money into him anyway so he, and then the chances are he's going to be average at best Hewitt just turned out to be very good but at the same time seeing him win a Galway uh, place it's been a race that the big trainers have totally dominated in recent years and fair play to Shark and it was a mad finish as well because I don't know if you saw it Ger, but he was like Galway's quite, quite a narrow um, finish line but he was carried violently over to the far side and it looks I think Richard Pugh in the RT commentary was like essentially oh he's going to lose his he's going to lose the race because he's been carried over by a loose horse um, and the, the the runner up came up the near side but he held on and then you had in the Galway Hurdle Tudor City winning I remember him landing a gamble as a three year old but went and won the Galway Hurdle and then that was three years ago and Tony Martin said a fairly few, lean few years like he really has and John Breslin who um, somebody told me the story about John Breslin that John Breslin and he can make correct me if this is wrong, but he was involved sort of in the relief effort in the, in New York after nine eleven, um, and he did a lot of work there and sort of did, built up his business in New York, 
and love to come back to Galway from New York. I think he might be back in Ireland now full time, but loves a winner in Galway. And the, John Breslin is one of these people that if you see him racing, you'll always back his horse because there's this kind of thing in race. Well, if John Breslin is here, the horse is fancied, and that's actually often the case. And uh, mad seeing Tudor City win and. Tony Martin, it might kind of revitalise his career as well after a lean few years, it has to be said. All right, so all in all, a pretty spectacularly successful week? Yeah, just to have like race scores back and, uh, you know, I mean, for punters, I think it's been fairly challenging. There have been some difficult results, a lot of big prices with him, but uh, I, I wasn't in Gawley, but by all accounts, it's a brilliant, brilliant vibe down there. The parade ring after the hurdle looks class and as much as the footballers didn't win, I think uh, their performance put everyone in good form and just to have racing back as I said, Galway Race is a special place and two years without it was sad for a lot of people. A lot of people would have passed away in that time who would have met at their pilgrimage and we still have three days of it left as well. All right, anything specific to look forward to for the weekend, for the rest of it? Uh, so tonight um, we have, the feature is the mile and a half handicap um, which is very, very competitive um, and all the kind of, with the Galway Blazers as well which is uh, a very traditional race. The mile and a half handicap um, baby Zayas for Willie Mullins uh, one cool poet who I mentioned it'd be amazing if he won because we had we had the um, was it Brian from the Connections on when that horse won a, a three, three races in the week in Galway four or five years ago but seemed to have lost his way but bounced back with a very good run the other day and might well actually roll back the years by winning that so it'd be interesting to see how one cool poet gets on under uh, Jay Cohn drawn 13 in the big race tonight and we have um, the Stewards Cup tomorrow in Goodwood as well which is the conclusion of glorious Goodwood alright Johnny, good stuff. Thanks very much. Thanks, sir. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie. Stay tuned. Friday Night Racing on Off the Ball. Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Love every racing moment. Visit hri.ie.